10 days since our last episode. Too long. Not something you and I like doing. Um, but you know what? Life happens sometimes, and sometimes we can't stay on our weekly schedule. Sometimes it's a blessing in disguise. Sometimes it is a blessing in disguise, correct. You took the words right out of my mouth because I was thinking about the last time we did a show and thinking about what has happened. It feels like it feels like it was a month ago because so much has happened. And one of the um, good things about taking that much time between episodes is we can come on here and present a more, a more like holistic view, I feel like, more level-headed view of what's going on as opposed to could you imagine if we'd done one in like like middle after they got completely dominated by Carolina? Like we'd be on here being like, yeah. "Who's getting fired? After they, who's getting traded?" After they just flat out quit against the Pittsburgh Penguins, yes, just flat out quit. And it's, so it's like we'd be sitting on here just oh yeah doing this. Oh, Whereas yeah. I think I think because they've had we've had some time to breathe, they've picked up two wins. Yeah. I think we can come on here now and just be a little more holistic. So I want to make a proclamation here to you. Mm -hmm. Do I think this team is as bad as they looked when they lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins AHL franchise? No, I do not. Mm. Do I think this team is anywhere close to competing for a Stanley Cup championship? No, I do not. Yeah. So... They are somewhere in the middle. They're a team that should make the playoffs as a two or three seed in their division. But do I think like am I sitting here going, oh, they're gonna get this figured out and then they'll be they'll be in the final four or whatever come May or June? No, I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think they're that good of a team. Yeah, I I see the exact same hockey team I've been watching for the past three years. Like. When it goes bad, it goes bad, yeah. like really bad, like quitting bad, embarrassing bad, fire everyone bad. Mm -hmm. And then um, Detroit, finally, they their biggest problem this season so far has obviously been, obviously been scoring because that's their bread and butter. So if they're not scoring, they're not doing anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm watching that game. Tavares finally has a good night. Guys are finally getting points, but... There they are scoring nice goals off nice plays. And then what happens after every goal? They spend five minutes in their own zone getting dominated and giving up goals. So, like, I'm watching that game being like, this is how they have to win and make the playoffs, which is the same way they've had to win and make the playoffs the past however long they've been making the playoffs for. Yeah. So it's like there's no improvement anywhere. Like that's that's what I'm, that's, there's no improvement anywhere. It's the same thing. Just your top players have to get on the board like against Detroit. John Tavares finally getting on the board, making nice plays. And you're like, there you go. There's John. Mm -hmm. Yay. But then you remember, you're like, oh, wait, they're about to give up a goal. Two minutes later, getting dominated in their own zone, not covering like some of the goals they gave up. Nylander got walked. Tavares wasn't covering a guy. Matthews wasn't in the right position. Like, it wasn't like Andre Kasha. It was like, no, they're top players in their own end, missing assignments after they just scored a goal, giving up another goal, giving up momentum. 
making their goalie, who's coming back from an injury, just ruining his confidence right yeah, out of the yeah, gate. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I kept thinking, I kept thinking that last, watching the game against the Wings too. I was like, this poor guy, like he just comes back from comes comes in, gets hurt. We couldn't, it back we couldn't get a Picasso yeah. defensive performance for the guy to yeah. give him some confidence. Nope. Instead, we got to miss guys making ridiculous money, missing the easiest defensive assignments I've ever seen. Like, so I wanted to. This is like this is good because it's taking us in the direction that I wanted to go in. What? Why isn't that improving? Why isn't that changing? Like, what is going? Like, why can you not get your head around it? And to me, it's just, it's just what you're talking about are mental mistakes. And this team is so weak and so frail mentally. Like oh. after the Carolina loss, like we all saw in the all or nothing documentary, the Sheldon Keefe and yeah. his demeanor. Mm-hmm. And he loves to throw a million F-bombs around. Yeah. You could see him behind the bench after the Carolina loss and when, when they went down 2-0 to Chicago where he's just kind of standing there and he he knows, like, I can't yell at these guys. Like, these guys these guys are, are, are paper thin. Yeah. If I yell at them, they will just crumble and break. And it's just like, there's a cultural problem here mm-hmm. with respect to that these guys are like this. Like, what what... Why is this like this? Why can why is overcoming adversity so hard for you? Like why why why? And people, there's all kinds of like strife in the fan base right now. You've got the people who are like stop being negative, support these guys, help them work through it, and then you have the other people who are like, no, no, this is year six, figure it out type yeah. thing. I I lean more to the this is year six, figure it out. Mm-hmm. Another thing that that I think about when like I start discussing like cultural issues with this team is what you flagged when watching All or Nothing. The general manager is not a very cold-blooded guy and he wants to be everyone's pal and I do think there is some I think it gets it gets carried away and blown out of proportion by certain people who are very upset. But I do think there is something to the country club no accountability chirp that gets lobbied at the organization. And I think to bring this full circle back to your original point is the same mental mistakes keep happening Mm. because they're allowed to happen because everyone here is just like, Oh, it's okay, guys. I know we're going to get it figured out. We're going to get it sorted. And it's like, no, like, don't miss your defensive assignments. Oh, it's just like easiest. Like they're, they're like tyke level assignments. The the, the Detroit Red Wings. Listen, they work hard. You saw the clip the other from the game the other night where they're everyone's blocking shots. Like they're they're they work hard, okay? Mm-hmm. But on paper, one of these teams is supposed to be a Stanley Cup contender, the other one is supposed to be a bottom feeder. Why are you holding on by your fingernails mm-hmm. to pull that win out? The Chicago Blackhawks hadn't score hadn't held a lead. Before the drop of the puck against the Leafs, up to nothing. Have to escape by the skin of your teeth with yeah. an overtime win. Both goals given up in that game were also defensive gaffes. Yeah. Like giving up breakaways and two on ones. Like to me, it's like you, we can sit, like, we can sit and we can talk X's and O's and we can talk Jake Muzzin, Justin Hole. We can talk, like, but to me, this, this is just. 
holistically, there is a cultural mental problem here. Yeah. Like we, I don't know who's, like I said, I, I, I think it's, it's sort of, if I was going to point blame on someone, I would point my finger towards the general manager. Cause I think he's allowed the culture here to get really sort of like, I don't know, like what's the word I'm looking? I don't want to say soft, but like not soft, soft. Yeah. Like he's allowed the culture here to get so soft. Like, what are yeah. we doing guys? What yeah. are we doing? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I um I always try to see like the perspective of like the player, even though I may not agree with it, but like it's like if the media is being really hard, then yeah, it is hard. But like I'm over that. Yeah. It's time to to grow up. Why do you care what I don't know if I want to name drop reporters, but like why do you care what he says? Yeah. He's just a reporter. Yeah. Like he's just a journalist who has to find things to write about every single day. And when you go out and you're blowing defensive assignments and look terrible, you're serving it up on a silver platter for I all know. these guys. It's like I don't understand. Okay, there's like the the idiots who are on Instagram or on Twitter who are like just sending message with no profile picture. Okay, yeah. why do you care about them? Yeah. Who cares about them? Yeah. They're all losers. Yeah. All guys like me and you making mo money, living in average lifestyles yeah. like you're millionaires yeah. playing one of the best sports in the world why do you care what they say why do you care what the journalist says i don't understand why these guys are so sensitive who are they sensitive to a bunch of n- people in this city or a bunch of nobody well, and it just starts it just it just like, starts why, how is austin matthews like one of the biggest like cock of the walk dudes yeah. in pro sports right now yeah tall guy big guy he can get any girl he wants in the city he could score 50 goals a year if he wants to. How is he getting mentally affected by Steve Simmons? I like, I don't understand. Well, it's, 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 but the thing is, is, is it's not just, um, the media that they, that they get affected by. It's the fans. Like, like, uh, listen, I, I, um, I love the guy. We've praised him a lot on this podcast, and I think that he's he he hasn't looked great to start the year, but I do think he's an important piece. But Wayne Simmons made a stupid comment <laughs> last week, man. When he's like, when he's like, they're talking about the fans and how upset the fans are, and he's like, we're not going to let the naysayers get to us. It's like you guys just lost to the Wilkesbury Scranton, whatever the hell they're called. Pittsburgh Penguins, yeah, and we're saying that's terrible, but we're the naysayers, yeah. okay? Yeah, and this whole yeah. sort of environment that this team has fostered, that a Kyle Dubas has allowed, mm-hmm. where they're like, everyone's out to get us, guys. We got to stick together. We, and it's just like, no, look like the Stanley Cup contending team that you proclaim that you are. Like, I God, just, when I'm watching them getting absolutely blown out, I can see you can see it on all their faces. They all might be buddies. They might all be able to sit in the dressing room and being like, if we do this, 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 and this, maybe we'll get there. I see a bunch of dudes who who may be tight in the locker room or good friends outside outside of the team, but I see a bunch of dudes who know deep down that all, together they cannot win. Yeah. And and they have the ability to get absolutely embarrassed. And you're right, they are so fragile mentally. And I think all of them know that when the chips are down, them as a group are just not going to get it done. They don't have what it takes. I, I will say, I don't think Jason Spezza believes that. Well, Jason Spezza is the GOAT, <laughs> yeah. so I don't... Uh, Jason Spezza is, like, the best player I on the I saw a team, lot of people on so. Twitter last night with your take about Jason Spezza on yeah, Power Play 1. Buddy, rewind the tape. <laughs> Go back to before the puck even dropped for Game 1. 
I said that. I said, let this guy, I don't care if he makes what he makes. I don't care if he's a fourth liner. I don't care if Marner needs to be in that spot because he's your top guy. The no, bumper. you don't. I'll never let that go, how they're always like, he's the bumper. When your top power play sucks (laughs) more than anything like i don't think i've ever seen anything that sucks more for such a long time like sucks like (laughs) if you i don't understand how they're still doing it how are they still doing it everyone's favorite quote the definition of insanity it sucks like stop it and they bring in this guy they bring in this guy spencer carberry in the offseason who's just hyped as like he's coming in you can bring in scotty bowman it doesn't matter the personnel can't do it yeah so bring your cheapest who's the best player on your hockey team, put him on his side where he likes to hold the puck and let him work because all your top players suck on the power play. He gets, man, he's, he's last night. He's just, uh, I'm just watching and it's like, where, where would the Maple Leafs be without Jason Spence? Where would they be? I know he's go. Where would they be? And like, at first it's like, it's, we like to gravitate towards some dudes, and maybe we like them more than we should. But no, this guy's actually the best player on the team right yes, now. Yes, yes. Like, yes. he creates the most offensive opportunities. He's the best power play player that they have. He's, like, the biggest beauty they have, yeah, too. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> they have to, they have to, dude. Like, the, you're watching that last night. It's like, I can't believe they're still running these guys out here. Yes. Like, it's emb- you're embarrassing them now. Yes. For guys who are who are so mentally fragile, but they don't want to be on the ice together not scoring again. It feels like we come back to this because we do, because that's the reality of this team, and we're going to come back to it again in five minutes when we talk about Morgan Riley's new contract. But why are they out there? Because they make... 44, like they all make so much money. And Half I, the salary cap is going to these four guys. So it's like, you have to put them out there because why are we paying these guys? Why are you paying someone $11 million, $10 million if they're not able to be on the first power play unit? And so that's the plague of this team. The plague of this team. If by some miracle they end up going and winning the Stanley Cup this year, all of it will be forgotten. But I don't think that's going to... I know it's early, but I don't think that's going to happen. So they're either going to make the playoffs and get eliminated in the first round, or they're not going to make the playoffs. And Kyle Dubas is going to get fired. And Kyle Dubas' legacy will be, here's a guy who came in here and tried to do things differently and failed. Failed. With this, like, it's just everything, everything about this team, everything to do with it, even the way they play. Like, you're sitting here going, I don't know why they keep running these guys out here still. That's why. That's why. Yeah. That's why. And because of the money they're being paid. If, if he does get fired, I look back on him. This team finally did what was necessary and rebuilt and got players that they needed to be the next Hawks, to be the next Pens. And he was in control of executing, like, the final vision of that rebuild. And he, and he bungled it. has put them in a position where a lot of people are talking about rebuild. Yes. You took the rebuild and you slashed it. And you're now people are saying the word rebuild again? Yep. The word rebuild is like, like... No, man, 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 get man, away man. from. Well, man, no. you look at you look like, at their team. Oh. You look at their team, right? It, oh. it, even, even if they do have like like even if they make it to the second round, third round this year, okay? You look at their team still, and you're like, 
what are you going to do next year? Like, you just signed Morgan Riley to a contract extension. Jack Campbell needs to get paid. Jack Campbell makes like a million dollars. If he plays the way he's played through the whole season, are you going to find the money to pay him? Yeah, he's got to make at least what Morazic's making. Exactly. So, (sighs) all right, let's talk about the Morgan Riley extension. So, Morgan Riley, eight years, um, 7.5 average annual value. Um, I was surprised when it happened. I think everybody was. I just kind of out of the blue. Yeah. I I heard this take on the radio this week and I I wanted to bring it up because I thought it was um I thought it was really smart. So why is everyone on Mitch Marner? Why is why is Mitch Marner the target of all this vitriol in the fan base? Because his contract negotiation mm-hmm. was so public. Yeah. Details like I need to be paid as much as 34 gets paid were made public. Mm-hmm. And then you no showed the first round and a, against the Montreal Canadiens. And a lot of people look at you and say, you had a wah wah temper tantrum to yeah. get your money. Which like pisses off the the baby boomer generation yeah. to like the nth degree. Yes, yes. Like guys like me and you, we can kind of like whatever, get past it. But like that older generation of Flea fan. Oh, yeah. Like that. Like how many times have you ever heard Paul Marner? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you're, you're right. Yeah. It, so good. So Morgan, and it's perceived as greed. The fan base perceives it as greed. And I think yeah. that's some other negative PR around certain members of this team specifically is you didn't want anything and you held a gun to the organization's head and said, give me every last cent. And we know, and we both know that it was not worth it. He's not worth it. No. Like that at the end of the day, that's what it is for me. It's not worth it. And that's why you never hear people criticizing Matthews because I think you look at Matthews and you say, okay, like, you're you're an elite superstar in this league. You're a rock, you're a Calder Trophy winner, Rocket Richard winner. Like, which is why I find it hilarious when he's like, "Oh, the 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 the, the fan base is too hard. Guys yeah. think they're coaches." It's like, what? No one ever criticizes you. Yeah, everyone leaves no one, you alone. Yeah, no one ever criticizes. What are you worried about? Yeah, like, but Marner, it. Marner, it's perceived as greed and wanting every last cent. So that's why he's, I think, a a large portion of the fan base is very upset with him. Mm. I will commend. Morgan Riley and his camp for keeping this quiet, for not letting any details out, and then just poof. Mm-hmm. He's here for eight more years, 7.5, which is a good deal for him. He was probably going to get more in the open market. I think we can all agree that eight years... He would have gotten way more in yes. the open market. I think I think we can all agree that eight years is not something that anybody's particularly stoked about, but that's the price of doing business. Like, yeah. like these guys, like he wants term, he wants stability. So you got to give him, his, especially if he's going to take less to stay here. Um... I don't I don't dislike the deal at all. I understand people I understand people being upset and being like, here you go again, rewarding one of these core guys who hasn't won anything. I listen, dude, I get that. I do. I, I understand. Cause like I I feel that way about this team to an extent. Having said that, it is not an overpay. It's an underpay. Mm-hmm. Rasmus Sandine is a 
with respect to replacing Morgan Riley, there's no replacement. Rasmus Sandin is a year away from being a year away in no, that he's, regard. He's two years away from being five years yeah, away. Like he's 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 not he's not like I know that they had, and certain members of this fan base had like delusions of grandeur when it came to Rasmus Sandin. Oh, he's Listen, terrible. good. I wouldn't go that far. Rob, he can't skate. I know. Okay, good um, good offensive upside. He's not Morgan Riley. Let's just let's just say that. He's not no. ready to replace he Morgan Riley. He might be Riley. able to pass the puck better than Morgan Riley, but I'm sorry. The guy can't skate. So can't. He, is, he, is, he is quite slow. Did um, you see the goal he got? Carolina? You remember that yeah, goal? Yeah. Where he got completely embarrassed in front of his own net? Like, oh. So, oh. I... I think it's good, and I think that there's there's a couple things that I wanted to continue to address with respect to the Morgan Riley contract. Before we talk about the salary cap, I want to lament the salary cap. Here's a guy who was drafted by this organization. Has Several been a, regimes ago Has well. been a good soldier. Was in the discussion to be, he was, he was like a finalist to be named the next captain. Yeah. I think it was probably him, Tavares, or Matthews that was going to be named the next captain. Mm-hmm. Like, loves being a Toronto Maple Leaf. Loves this city. Was very vocal that he didn't want to leave. And instead of just embracing a guy like this, oh. we're like, but the cap. How are we going to make it fit under the cap? Is he worth... He's only getting like a $2.5 million raise. Yeah. So it's like... Which is... Beyond fair. Mm-hmm. But instead of just being like, here's a guy who's been a good stalwart number one defenseman for this team and has, like I said, was drafted here, has grown up here. Everybody immediately defaults. Not their fault. This is the NHL's fault. Everybody immediately defaults to, well, is he worth it? Yeah. And salary cap discussion. Yeah. It's, uh, listen, it's, it's a very challenging thing. When, like, what what's your real opinion of Morgan Riley as a player? It's like, we really like him as a player. He's their best defenseman, but we know he's not Victor Hedman, you know? Like, he has his downfalls. He makes errant pinches. Oh, there he, are nights where I'm screaming at him. He, he misses the TV. net. Yeah. He can't make pat Like, you know, like, he, there's, there's areas of his game I wish they're a lot better. But the thing that pisses me off are those people who are like, the salary cap. Well, why are you rewarding a guy? Okay, what's your plan? Yeah. Okay, you can't just criticize people for or, or, or the Leafs for signing their best defenseman to again an underpayment. What he would have got on the open market, eight years, whatever. I don't care. But like, okay, you can criticize that, but there's never another plan for those people. It's like, okay, then what do they do? Yep. They get rid of them. Then what? Yep. Jake Muzzin's your number one defenseman. Yep. Like. No, like this is turning it to me. This whole season is turning into, would you rather them keep doing what they're doing and make the playoffs and, and maybe they get eliminated for the first round for the next three years, or maybe they get in and they finally get lucky and they win a round. Would you rather that kind of like what the DeMar DeRozan Raptors were? Yes. Would you rather do that? Or would you rather trade everybody and go through what I I have nightmares about on a <laughs> nightly basis, something called a rebuild. Uh, I don't. Signing Morgan Riley to an eight-year, $7.5 million deal is doubling down again on, on your plan, on let's make the playoffs and see what happens. Let's, let's be good enough to get in, and you never know what could happen. These guys can maybe figure it out, opposed to, 
let's trade this guy, this guy, this guy. And nobody ever has any return for those trades. Everyone always runs their mouth about trades. It's like, okay, what are they getting? And go through another rebuild. Like, going through another rebuild? Oh, my God. Well, and I also think, oh. too, because obviously, as I said earlier, the target about trading, the target when it comes to, like, who we going to trade is usually Mitch Marner. It's like, oh. you guys have to understand that Mitch Marner is overpaid. So... When retaining you trade salary, him, yeah, you're retaining salary or you're not getting much of a return yeah. back. So that's what's so like everyone here. Okay. I went on a rant at the beginning of this podcast. I want all of us Leaf fans, even the most angry ones to sit in a circle together and hold hands. And I want to <laughs> tell you the truth. This is the truth. Okay. Here we go. No one is coming. If there are going to be massive changes, I don't care if they lose 20 in a row, yeah. right? If there's going to be massive changes, it is not happening in season. Kyle Dubas, if he is if he is to get fired, won't happen until the offseason. Unless they just go on like a 10 game loser. But even but, but even still, like what what, what is a new GM going to do? Yeah, you're Guess right. what a new GM is going to do? He's going to come in yeah. and he's going to leave the team alone. Because he can't make any significant changes to the DNA to evaluate the, the organization. Yes. Like, Sheldon Keefe, I don't think he's getting fired because, one, he doesn't deserve it. He's like, even gone through a full 82 yeah, yet. Has, well, that, and that's what was killing me after the Carolina loss where people are like, it might be time to remove Keefe. It's like, what? Like, what are you talking about? He hasn't even yeah. he hasn't even coached a full season yes. yet. And he doesn't deserve it. The, he That's letting these guys off the hook. Okay. I agree. Third, yes. Firing Sheldon Keefe is an awful idea. Yes. Like, yes. no. Yes. What is that going to do? You're teaching them that all they need to do is quit, and yeah. then they'll remove a coach. And they quit on their in. last coach, yes. too, even though he might have been a complete bung idiot. Yeah. But no, you do not yes. fire the coach. No, I no. 100% agree. But anyways, yes, let's all sit in a circle, and let's accept the reality that this is it for this year. We are going to live and die with this current Maple Leafs roster, could he go and get someone at the trade deadline? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Although I think we're done giving up first round picks for rentals. Not Kyle's fault, but like I think we're done doing that. Giving <laughs> up um, first round picks for guys who play two games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, not not his fault. Yeah. But like, look, everybody, stop. Mitch Marner is not getting traded no, in no. season. No, he's not. Like. Like my God, yeah. See, it's not I, happening. I I got my hands held right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, thank, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Like it's not happening. It's not happening. When someone asks me, like, what do they do? I go, honestly, man, the position they're in, they are so effing effed. Yeah, it's not funny. You just, you Your just only yeah. option is to ride, ride it, it out. out. Yes, because unless you want to go back to finishing last and not making the playoffs, we're just going to have to. Put our hands together in a circle, accept that none of this is going to happen, and pray that they can somehow figure it out. The only, like, if if they don't make the playoffs or if they get bounced in the first round, there's going to be more than one change in this offseason, which is why it is going to happen in the offseason. I just, I can't with this. Well, you know, you got to look, look to trade Marner. It's for- like, for, like. What, what are we going to do? <laughs> for like, what? For what? For what? For what? We're going to make a December oh. trade and trade Mitch Marner to Minnesota yeah. and get who back? Yeah. Yeah. Like, na- like name like, a team. A bunch of Justin Holes yeah. back. Name like, a team. 
And they're going to be like, like they're retained three million dollars yes. of his contract. And they're in a situation like, where like we're in season, so the cap is hard. It's not like the off season where you can like go up over the cap for a few months and figure it out. It's yeah. like no, no, no. So it's it's money in, money out. Oh, I just like stop, stop it, yeah, stop it. Like he's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, he's and not, if you're man. if you're so upset, then don't watch and come back next off season. Yeah. Like, the, God. Yeah. I it's guess. just so irrational. It's just it such irrational thinking. And, like, honestly, like, they think that they see the problem, but, like, also, like, they're also a part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the fa- that side of the fan base is also a part of the problem. Even though I said earlier the players shouldn't worry about the fan base, but, like, when, when something goes bad or when someone just doesn't understand, like, like the way it is, you know, <laughs> it's, like, they're so irrational and it's, like, you're such an idiot. Like, don't. You're yelling at the sky, but you don't have any solution. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just hoping they have the solution that you're looking for. Yes. Like, no, you, you come up with a solution yes. and get back to me. Yes, yes. Because for now, you're not finding anybody better than Mitch Marner no. on. And like, that's, a, and, and it's like, listen, I said, I said earlier too, like, I was saying, you know what, there, there's a cultural issue here. So if you want to, if you want to say, well, it's getting him out of the room and changing the culture. It's like, okay, I get that, but he's. Like him or not, and he makes me so angry sometimes, Mitch mm-hmm. Marner. But like, oh my God, yeah. like him or not, he is a highly skilled player in this league. He is a lock to be on the Team Canada Olympic team. Yeah. He is an elite player in mm-hmm. this league. I am not. If we're making the decision, we need to trade Mitch Marner. Fine, but we're gonna do it right. And yeah. we're gonna get something back, and we're not gonna make sure we're trade. We're not retaining yeah. any money. Like we're not just saying you, we'll get them out of the room. You can't be irrational right now. Yeah, it's, it's the last thing. Yes, firing. And I think like Brendan Shanahan in charge of all this would know that it's yes. like right now. I'm sure he knows what's going on. You can't be irrational with any decision no. with this team because you're already in a fragile enough state mentally. And and just like the whole team itself is like just hanging on the edge of a cliff. Yes, you know. So like just doing anything. I the the best thing you've said on this podcast is like anybody who's saying fire Sheldon Keith. Oh, it's like, insane! It's insane. That it's insane. is the dumbest thing yeah. I've ever heard. It's, ins- it's like, insanity. No. Yeah, it's insanity. No. Like Babcock. Babcock was different. Babcock had run his course. We as fans were tired of him, so I can only imagine what the players were, how the players felt. And I, would, I, I can understand from watching Mike Babcock that playing for him wouldn't be easy. Yes. Anybody who walked away from that Amazon series thinking that Sheldon Keefe is a bad coach. You're insane. Is an idiot. Yeah. I actually loved him. Yes. I thought he was great. Yes. Uh, he sounds like Babcock. No, he doesn't. Yeah, no, he doesn't. Do you not remember what Mike Babcock sounds no. like? No. He sounds like an idiot. No, he does Like, this... I, I don't know. Don't fire him. That's dumb. No. That's stupid. All right. So um, this week, uh, Vegas. Who also is not having a great season. Tampa Bay Lightning. Who are also not having that great of a start. The Boston Bruins. Who are also not having that great of a start. But either. I don't care. The Boston Bruins could be, have zero wins, and I, I don't care. Like, they... I don't care. Like the all at home too. Yeah, the Boston Bruins could could have zero, have have a big goose egg in the win column, and yeah. I still would be like, mm. those are three good teams on paper, and they're all coming to Scotiabank. So, <sighs> yeah, 
So I mean, we'll have to. It's it's they they've got some like good positive momentum going now after the nice win. So let's just like let's roll with that. Let's keep that going. We've had so much content today. They don't even we haven't even mentioned the line changes. Oh, we've been going yeah. off. We've been going on rants. Well, because on like, rants. I, well, because it's kind of like what I said to you at the top of the. I know that's episode. That's like that's kind of what I mean. To I'm me, like, that's like shuffling deck chairs. It's like let's talk holistically what the problem is. Yeah, here. yeah. But 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 you saw Johnny play well last night. See, I'm not even worried about the forward pairings, like because no. that was the thing. It's just like seeing Justin Hole come out of the lineup yeah. after they had a big old bone for him last year yeah. and. Sign him to a well, deal. They've been, they've been like you saw Matthews in Chicago, like he's screaming at him down the bench because yeah, he sucks. Because he pulls up at the like, like he comes up over to the Blackhawks blue line, and then he like pulls up and throws everybody. It's like, what is it? Is this house league? Like, what yeah, are you doing? Yeah, he's terrible. Yeah, but I've never really liked him as a player, so yeah. I didn't really mind seeing him get a get a healthy. But... I wouldn't say that you haven't liked him. I just think that you didn't buy into the hype. No, from last no, year. no. It's just like this guy's a top four defenseman. Like again, problem with this hockey team. Yep. Like I should not be a top four defenseman on any team. Like no. Oh, I remember. We got to get out of here. But I, I did want to hit you with this quick before we get out of here. Um, do you think? Do you give any credence to the theory that Kyle Dubas, um, prioritized and had more of a sense of urgency about getting the Riley deal done when he looks at what has happened with Zach Hyman and Freddie Anderson thus far. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And it's like Morgan Riley took the Zach Hyman deal. Yes. Like, is there was but you that got report. a full no move. I know. Yeah. There was a report that Hyman got like the, like a no move with a lot of years, but less AV. And I think Morgan Riley was given that. Yeah. And I guess he just, Likes being a Toronto Maple Leaf enough to take it. Listen, I think here, here's my take on Zach Hyman and Freddie Anderson. Okay, Zach Hyman, you're playing with the greatest player in the world. Yeah, Zach Hyman knew where he was going. Yes, and if I were him, I would. If you're looking at your own individual success, it's not a bad move. At the beginning of this season, it's never been more clear to me that if you look around this league, Connor McDavid, everybody uh, else, Connor McDavid might be the. The second best hockey player to ever play the game. Like I, would I'm you, not. Would you put you still Rob, wouldn't put him ahead of Wayne? Rob, he's he's easily in the top five greatest hockey players to ever. Be oh, on the for ice. sure. But but so you said you said second. So are you still ranking Wayne ahead of him? Yeah, you have to. But when all is said and done, do you think he'll surpass Wayne? I think there's a very good chance. Yeah. Like I think he's that good. Like it's it's shocking. So so that's my take on Hyman. Listen, he's playing like talk to me in like three years with Zach Hyman and let's see where he's at. Okay. I don't care about Zach Same. Hyman. I, and I'm happy for the guy. Whatever. Freddie Anderson. I don't care if Freddie Anderson doesn't lose a game all regular season. Mm-hmm. I will get upset if Freddie Anderson gets into the playoffs and is lights out in the playoffs. Because yeah. his struggle he was a he was yes, he had his moments, but his tenure as a Toronto Maple Leaf was always solid regular season yeah. goaltender. Loses his mind in the playoffs. And if you've been listening to this podcast for since we started, I mean, I've always loved Freddie Anderson. Yes. I always thought he was a great goalie. But yeah, we just you needed a save yep. when, it, when it mattered. So, yep. I mean, Carolina, pretty good defensive team. Yeah, yep. look what happens. Yep. Nine fifty save. Yep. Hey, has lost a game, and then and then you bring poor. I, I agree with you, man. I'm watching this uh, the game against the Wings, and I'm like, let's get poor guy Peter Morazic. <laughs> 
Like, just wants to get off to a good start yeah. here, and he's just hung out to dry. Yeah. Dude, like, the one goal that <laughs> Nemestikov was involved in, like, Nylander? <laughs> Sleepy Nylander was bad. Oh, my God. <sighs> he's Poor been, Peter he's, Barazic. He's been great thus far, though. All right, we got to get out of here. Thanks, everyone, for checking us out this week. If you like what you see, hit that like and subscribe button below. Also, check us out. Newest members of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. We are available on there now. Though will be all of our um, videos, audio will be posted on that site. So check that out too. A lot of other great podcasts on there. We're really stoked to be a part of that network. So thank you guys for inviting us. And uh, yeah, that's gonna do it for this week. And we'll see you guys next week. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.